Hey. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I'm not wearing headphones, and I really hope this is recording in the way in the fashion I needed to. Actually, it just started recording. It just I pressed the record button. I the audition asked me what the what what I want to title this file, and I said episode 55 addendum, and then it started recording immediately. So there we go. Uh, speaking of uh, Adobe Audition, I've had a couple issues with it. This is why I'm cre- <laughs> recording this stupid. Stupid addendum to this episode of uh, the Constitutionals podcast. So listen here. Uh, last week, I've had I had I mentioned I had a, a, a audition issues uh, in which it would just crash and just, but it would just crash on me in the middle of recording. Uh, so it did that I think three times last week, and then this week it did it when I was in the middle of recording. But it really uh, porked up the file. So <laughs> the main issue is that the file is half listenable. If you can get past all of the distortion. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to still upload the episode along with this addendum. So here it's going to go addendum, this episode, so the theme song, this episode, and then the uh, closing song. And then it's going to be, I'm going to do a little special treat for you. I'm going to give you one of the interviews that I have done over the past few years at C plus comedy. So for the, so I, I do phone interviews with comedians and I'm just going to just give you one full interview with a comedian of my choosing. And I think I've already chosen who I want to do is probably going to be Emma Willman, who I interviewed in uh, February of 2016. I should be talking to her again uh, soon. I'm doing an email interview with her, so I would be talking to her. But uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be doing something with her again soon, uh, you know, follow up with her on some stuff. So there's that. So if you want to listen to this episode, great. If you don't want to, don't. <laughs> but I spent too much time on it. It was really good. I, t- I talked about a lot of things that I just don't have the energy to go over again. So uh, if you like this episode, <laughs> go ahead and do it. If you don't, I'm sorry. And hopefully addition will never crash again. But who knows? It, this this might not even sound good. This might not. I could press stop at the end of this and it won't be good or anything. But here I go. I'm talking for a very long time. This is too long. Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Enjoy the episode and end the interview. Goodbye. <laughs> Our theme song goes welcome back to the constitutionals podcast if you didn't know this is the premier podcast for cpluscomedy.com it's a website go there hi everybody i just did the whole spiel i didn't mess up even though i took several pauses in between you know what you want to say sometimes and then and then you, you say it and it just doesn't come out right sometimes i mean that's that's generally how i that's how i view things that's how most of my life is i, I want to say things and it just doesn't come out right. <laughs> that was a dark in my life. Uh, well, it's been another week. Another week. Uh, today was a very tumult- not tumultuous. It was a very stressful day for myself. I'm at, uh, here's the thing. I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to gloss over this. I don't want to get too, too deep into it because it will make me angry again. But I did yell at a person who was just doing their job. And I've never done that before in my entire life. <laughs> and I feel so bad. Well, I felt bad in the past tense. Reasoning because... So here's what happens. So I walk dogs. I go to uh, I go to different places. I go to, so there's one place I went to today, and I parked in uh, Buckhead Plaza. All right, that's in Atlanta. It's a plaza. It's like an outdoor mall, strip mall area in a, in a fancy rich neighborhood of Atlanta. Okay, great. So I park there like I usually do for this very particular dog who lives in an apartment complex like right across the street. Okay, not even across the street in the same in the same plaza. It's right there in the same plaza. So it's not even leaving the property. 
parking attendant says I left the property, they boot my car. Right. Guess who's very angry when he discovers, after walking uh, a couple of dogs, that his car's been booted in a place in which he parks all the time. Me. I'm very angry. So I called the guy. I called the number. There's a number. They put a sticker along with a boot on my car. I read the sticker. I call a number. I get a little agitated with the guy. I'm really trying to keep my cool. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to drive down from my home to this uh, area. I, I just, I, 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 was, I was in a serene. I didn't speed. I was just enjoying the ninth anniversary Comedy Bang Bang podcast special. And then that happens. And all the anger that I've been holding up all morning long is released. <laughs> the guy shows up. And, uh, and he's, uh, not listening to me. He's kind of just throwing me off. As, I mean, I know he's heard this all before. Um, but, uh, but I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's telling me $75 to take on the boot. And I'm going, I walk dogs. I don't have $75, period. <laughs> I'm getting paid less than that <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, uh, which is partially true. Uh, no, which is <laughs> very true. There's no partial to it. And, oh, <laughs> uh, God, so painfully honest. And, uh, but I have three jobs, so. <laughs> anyway, still don't have any money. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, and, you know, at some point, you know, we're getting, we're getting deep in this conversation, this uh, argument. Oh, that's, that's basically, that was coming out of two sides. And now I'm just this ball of anger and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm stepping towards him as if I'm going to, uh, I'm not gonna lie, as if I'm gonna hit him and everything. And he tells me, <laughs> I poked his chest. <laughs> and I said, I'm gonna call, <laughs> I'm gonna call so I can get some freaking money. <laughs> You know, I'm cursing at him and stuff. I just feel so bad. Uh, and then uh, he goes, "Sir, you have touched me. Uh, two, you have touched me two times. I'm gonna you back off." And I said, oh, "What? Oh my gosh!" Uh, but then it, eventually, I got it unbooted. I paid for it. Got it unbooted. Um, and uh, and and so I'm so I had to cancel the rest of my walks. I, and I'm, all, I'm driving home, and I'm feeling the anger subside. And then I'm thinking, man, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have been so mean towards the guy. He's just doing his job. This poor older gentleman uh, who's uh, missing a lot of teeth <laughs> and he's uh, spitting all over me when he's talking in his uh, crappy little Dodge Durango. And I'm making fun of him now because you're going to hear why I'm doing this. So I, I tell my uh, corporate of, or support of, or yeah, corporate, I tell corporate of the uh, dog walking company and uh, or support and support says I'll talk to corporate to see if they can get it handled, to, to get the ticket handled, get me reimbursed and everything. Uh, and then... Uh, they tell the, the the dog owner. The dog owner it apologizes profusely, which is very good. Which is, I, like, I'm, I'm glad that you know this person wasn't mad. He goes, I, t- I tell people to park there all the time. I park there, uh, and uh, this is you just shouldn't have gotten booed. So he calls he calls the uh, the field agent who I yelled at, and then the field a- <laughs> the field agent directs him back to me to ask him to ask me for the corporate number, which is on a ticket. He calls corporate the, not the corporate number for you know my dog walking, but the corporate number for uh, or the the number for the booting company. And so he calls the booting company and he says, yeah, apparently this happens, this is happening too frequently and they're going to, and they're going to try to get it solved. I'm sorry again. And I go, and so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, so I don't have to feel bad anymore uh, for, for uh, cursing this guy out and uh, for, uh, for, you know, eventually trying, almost trying to uh, knock him out. But um, yeah, so that, that was how my afternoon went. I earned less money and I lost $75, but hopefully that will come back. Uh, the $75 will come back and be reimbursed. Uh, now I just can't park in that parking lot anymore because uh, what do they do again? What if I go walk? I've, I've, I've walked that dog. You know, I was telling the parking attendant, I've walked that dog for two months now. It doesn't make sense how I should how I should be from today. I'm getting I'm getting booted. And he goes, well, maybe you got lucky <laughs> the, the other two t- the other few times. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> this is my job. Oh, my God. I can feel the heat coming back. So now, I mean, I don't feel bad. I'm not gonna, I, I was thinking about calling him back and saying, oh, hey, uh, I'm sorry for freaking out on you yesterday, but uh, now that I know that these people have done it several times, I don't feel bad at all. And 
I don't feel bad for making fun of him. A toothless hermit. He was taller than me. He was older. So I could have taken him. <laughs> it's hindsight. That's what hindsight is. Uh, moving on. So last week, last Tuesday, I ended up saying I feel pretty. And uh, that's a very divisive movie. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. Um, it's, uh, but it's, uh, it's a very, very, I, it's been way too long. They could have, it's an hour and 50 minutes. They could have cut, I would say, 30 minutes off of that. It could have been an 80 minute movie. 80, 85 minutes. But there was a, there was a lot that was going on. Uh, it's written by Abby Kahn and Mark Silverstein. Directed by both of them as well. Uh, starring Amy Schumer, Michelle Williams, Roy Scoville, Emily Rajakowski, Busy Phillips, Amy Bryant, Naima Campbell, and a few other people. It's, uh, so, if you know the story, it's basically a woman, Amy Schumer, hits her head, and uh, she wakes up, and she believes, she hits her head at Soul Cycle. This is a heavily advertised film. She hits her head at Soul Cycle, wakes up, believes that she is, uh, quote-unquote, beautiful, uh, when she's, you know, she's just Amy Schumer, I don't know, whatever. And uh, she, she believes she's this skinny, beautiful woman, and that's the entire story of the movie. At the end, she realizes that she was herself the entire time, and it was the confidence that she needed, that she lacked. <laughs> I wish I was joking. This is very much true. At the end of the movie, she turns around. She's giving this huge speech uh, in front, of, like in front of all these models and stuff. And then she turns around, and and, then, and it involves two projectors projecting one picture from the from her quote unquote beginning and her quote unquote uh, before and after shots. So you turn around, and she she turns around, she sees <laughs> these pictures. She goes, I, "It was me the whole time." <laughs> oh, it's such a stupid premise. Uh, but it really, the trailer really made me laugh, and I and I can't believe that I fell for it and I watched this movie it's not it's not entirely bad there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be changed in order to make it good <laughs> so but it's a very diverse movie a lot of people don't like it I, I might mean I liked it enough I, I never want to see it again like I, whereas Trainwreck is just hilarious I love Trainwreck and Snatched I'm about 30 minutes 20 minutes into she hasn't she's on she just got the vacation with her mom so uh, who's Goldie Hawn so I just uh, you know this is a weird week for Amy Schumer for me but there's a lot of, uh, so like I was saying, there's a lot of division within the film itself. Uh, we've got, uh, I read an article last week from Megan Garber on The Atlantic. I think I'm, The Atlantic, I can't spell. The Atlantic, Megan Garber wrote something about, I feel pretty, let me find it. And uh, in which she was discussing, did I talk about the last <laughs> I feel, I feel like I talked about this last week. I'm actually going to go to cpluscomedy.com where you can get all of the other uh, C Comedy podcasts, which is The Constitutionals, and a TV show and some interviews and stuff, which I got some lined up, hopefully. I got a couple of them lined up. Uh, no, I talked about I Feel Pretty. Then, what in the world? Did I not? Oh, my God. I left it on there. That's the reason. Yeah. So there we go. Oh, but anyway, so I saw it, and I thought it was good. Good enough. I mean, not good. It was good enough. And there's a lot of stuff that was picked up and dropped halfway through. It was, it's just too long. But I just, I, I just wanted to mention it, uh, and Megan Garber's article on the Atlantic. So I, I think I did, I did talk about that last week. Uh, thank you, SuperScomedy.com, for having me on. I can't believe I've been doing this for 54 weeks, and I think that is the second or third time I've mentioned something that I've already mentioned before. Like CISO, I talked about CISO. I must have explained that several times. And uh, The Big Sick, which I've also explained several times. So there you go. I'm just a creature of habit, and I just keep uh, explaining things over and over and over again. Speaking of explaining things over and over again, I got, <laughs> I've been watching the Boss Baby TV show. <laughs> On Netflix. <laughs> now, that's a DreamWorks show, so I've mentioned DreamWorks shows before. I mentioned uh, How to Train Your Dragons, and well, I've talked at length about How to Train Your Dragons, and, how, and uh, the other one, King Julian. All hell King Julian. DreamWorks shows are very, very... I gotta, I'm just going to jump in the boat. They're good. I'm enjoying every single... No, most DreamWorks shows. Now, the ones that were on uh, uh, Nickelodeon, you know, for instance, like Kung Fu Panda, I didn't really enjoy those shows. What other shows have they done? Well, let's talk about Boss Baby back in business. That is a, so it's a show about the movie The Boss Baby. No, if you haven't seen Boss Baby, it's not worth seeing. <laughs> but it's 
it's about a baby voiced by Alec Baldwin who <laughs> who runs a corporation called Baby Corp. And their their sole mission is to provide cuteness for the world so that the world will keep having babies. And then the babies drink this formula so they can stay babies. And but I don't understand how they grow up to be adults. I don't understand how how, how does Baby Corp work? They're not, they don't explain the economics of this stupid corporation. So, uh, but Baby but baby, Boss Baby back in business takes place right after the film where Boss Baby who <laughs> doesn't does he have a name? Uh, Theodore Lindsay Ted Templeton Jr. Is that his name? Yeah, Theodore Lindsay Ted Templeton Jr. So Ted and Tim. So Tim is the older brother, and then uh, uh, Boss Baby is the is the baby. His name is uh, Ted, and then Tim's older brother. And then uh, <laughs> it's such a stupid show. I hate this so much. <laughs> so, uh, so all they do is the uh, now they're now this the story is about them trying to ward off uh, cats. Right, and there's a guy named, I don't know his name, I don't know his name, uh, Bootsy Calico, who is the main villain, he's an adult, he's an adult man trying to get cats to be cuter than, to be more accepted in homes than babies, and that is the overarching plot for the first season, I'm only on episode three, I, I, I mean episode four, but I, I was really hoping, I was watching the, the pilot for the show, I'm going to be honest with you, it did not sit well with me, <laughs> but, but as did uh, the other the other pilots, except for Hatcher and Dragons, the other pilots uh, for Home, uh, even though I don't like that show, all Hail King Julian um, and uh, Turbo. They, those all didn't really sit well with me. But then you go on to the series, Turbo gets wackier. They just break all the rules for the universe. Like the snails are able to pick up things even though they don't have arms. They pick up things with invisible hands, like Rayman, you know. Um, <laughs> Rayman, that's a very, that's a reference. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, for All Hail King Julian, they just, they play with the conventions of, of, of telling a story right up until the beginning of uh, Madagascar, until the movies. Um, they play the conventions of a prequel. They they really break ground on what can be a joke for a child and what can be a joke for an adult. It's I really I really do like Only Hope and And then, I mean, Home, I'm not really a fan of it. I don't know. I don't understand why they couldn't do CG for that show. They went to 2D animation, and it's uh, it's not that it's not that funny to me. I mean, I'm, I put it on late at night if I'm, you know, playing a video game or something, but... It's nothing that I would seek out to watch. But then you get the Boss Baby, and it's, it's really great. I mean, you know, save for the, the fart jokes and the poop jokes and the, and the just, obs- not obscure, uh, just the references that just aren't funny. But Boss Baby Back in Business is very enjoyable. And uh, the guy who's, uh, who's replacing Alec Baldwin did a really good job. Boss Baby was a book? I can't believe that was a book. That's crazy. So, go read the Boss Baby with your children. Uh, Dreamworks Animation, how many shows do they have? They've got Mr. Peabody and Sherman. So that's canceled? Is that over? I didn't watch that show either. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of that show. I watched that. Yeah, that's, that's over. That's, they, got, uh, they got up to 52 episodes. That is what, 52 episodes is what cartoons used to do back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean like up to like seven years ago. That's what they used to do. And now they, just for syndication rights and stuff like that. Oh, they also have the, uh, uh, what's that show? The, um, oh, crap of the hat. What is the show that I really, really like? They have Voltron and Troll Hunters. Both of those are great. Oh, then they have Trolls. The beat goes on. I think I watched like half an episode, half of a half an episode. Oh, then they have Puss in, uh, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. <laughs> and Dawn of the Croods. I completely forgot about all of these shows. Man, I like uh, Puss in Boots is okay. This is very, uh, very childish. Dawn of the Croods is strange, but I think it's fine. I, I think I've seen Passing the One. Anyway, go watch Boss Baby. Speaking of TV shows, you should watch <laughs> Champions. <laughs> Champions is a uh, Mindy Kaling creative project over there on the NBC network. It is a show that is starring, let's see, uh, Anders Home and uh, oh, the kid from Other People. What is his name? He's a very funny child. I think I, I, I hate children. I think he's very funny. His name is JJ Toda. He's in Other People. 
Uh, he grew up since other people, even though that movie came out, <laughs> like, what, two years ago? Yeah, he was other people. Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't know what Magic Camp is, so go watch that if you need to. He was in Jesse as well. He's in Glee. And live in Maddie Callie style. <laughs> he played a, a character named Skeeter Parham. All right. Anyway, champion and uh, Fortune uh, Finister. I don't know why she's a uh, main cast member. And then uh, Luza Makar. No, wait, what? I'm sorry. Andy Favreau as uh, Anders Holmes' uh, brother. So that's a show. It's been on for a few weeks. It's a show about um, uh, the two brothers, and they <laughs> they own a gym, a uh, gym in Brooklyn, and they're just trying to keep it afloat, even though it's expensive and stuff. Um, it's fine. It's not. I mean, it's a, it's a Mindy Kaling show. Mindy Kaling and uh, Charlie Grandy created the program. I think Charlie also worked with Mindy on the Mindy Project. Yes, he did. Yes. It's a show. So if you imagine the production of what Mindy Project looks like, you know, they have the ADR, uh, which is the, the they throw in, like, if, if they ever cut to a, a character who is speaking behind the back of the head and the other characters are reacting uh, and, and you can't discern what the speaking character is saying, that's called ADR. It's like, they just, it's after, after the fact jokes. You know, if the original joke didn't work, then they'll throw in a joke after the fact. They re-record a joke after the fact. And that's on uh, NBC. It's a, it's a fine show. I mean, it's nothing, <laughs> no, no one is ser- out searching for the show because it is, sometimes it can be painfully unfunny. Not painfully unfunny, but it can be very unfunny. And it just has that textbook Mindy Kaling Productions feel. What is her, Kaling International Incorporated? It just has that feel. Because of the joke thing, and then the characters always do these uh, one-liners, these non-sequiturs. Which is fine. I think it's a fine show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like two episodes behind. I watch it in concert with uh, another show, a show on Fox that is that is almost like this show. <laughs> what is it called? L.A. to Vegas. L.A. to Vegas. L.A. to Vegas. That is the show that I think is also produced by Mindy. Oh, it's produced by Ed Weeks. Um, and it stars Ed Weeks and Kim Matula, Nathan Lee Graham, and Peter Stormore, and Dylan McDermott, and Olivia Macklin. It's a show about uh, people who fly on the same route from L.A. to Vegas every weekend and how they all became friends and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fox picked up the show for an additional three episodes for a total of 15. That's crazy. I don't, this show has decent ratings for, you know, a, a broadcast show on Fox at, at, at what, 8 o'clock? At, no, not 8 o'clock. Because uh, Luther Weapon comes on at 9, 9 o'clock at night. I, I thought they would, if I were them, if I were Fox, I would change the scheduling to put, they put L.A. to Vegas on before the Mick and Slash and the New, uh, new Girl, which took over the Mick's, Mick's uh, uh, slot for the few weeks that it's going to be on. I would think that you would put New Girl on leading in so you can get the ratings. I mean, that's how broadcast typically works. That's how television works. You know, you don't put the, you don't put the new show in front of the, the old shows. But anyway, that show uh, is really, it's really fine, really, and really fine and really fun for what it does when it brings in people. It's, it's a really good cameo show. Zachary Knighton uh, plays a character on there. He's uh, Kim Natchez's boyfriend on the show. Uh, Amy Landecker's great. Kevin Donahue popped up in like the first episode, I believe. Uh, Dermot Mulroney <laughs> does a, uh, plays a great villain to Dylan McDermott's character. <laughs> very funny, very funny. Uh, then, yeah, just a few others. Uh, it's just, but it's a show I'm always behind on. I think it's fine. And, they, and the, the joke is that their, their airlines is uh, front, not Frontier. <laughs> That's what I'm flying on next week when I go to California. More on that later. Uh, they fly on a budget airline called Jackpot Airlines. And <laughs> all they do is go to LA to Vegas. I think that's like a 45-minute flight. I'm, if, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's 45 minutes or an hour. And they always have these weird adventures. Like the, there's one episode where they're all, they all have to stay on board the plane, and it's hot, and they can't get off. Uh, they uh, they have a fight. Dylan McDermott is going to fight Dermot Maroney. Uh, let's see. There is uh, oh, uh, Kim Maxwell's character gets kicked out of her apartment, and she has to live with uh, Captain Dave, who's Dermot, uh, Dylan McDermott, and he turns out to live in the parking lot. 
with a bunch of other hippies, with a bunch of hippies. He's not even a hippie. Oh, God. There's a, it's a lot of, everybody's kind of one note. Like, uh, you know, Kim Atto's character is a wreck. Nathan Lee Graham's character is a feisty queen. Uh, he's a homosexual. That's why I said feisty queen, um, which is not offensive, guys. <laughs> no one's listening to this show. And then uh, Ed Weeks' character is, he created the show. I understand how he's, why he's playing second fiddle, because I wouldn't do that. Like, like Tracy Wakefield on, uh, that, what's that show called? Oh, God, what is Tracy Wakefield called? Uh, uh, good, great news. <laughs> good news. Great news. Uh, she plays, like, third, third, not even third, like, seventh billing recurring character. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's the weather woman. Um, and then Ed Weeks' character is a professor who just, who's always singing, you know, do the right thing, do the right thing. Peter Stormore's character is a gambling guy named Artem from some country. Uh, there's a stripper on there who's, you know, I, th- I think she's only, she's, like, one of the only two characters, only, like, out of two characters who can, who's really, and it's a, her name is, uh, what's her name, what's her name, what's her name? Olivia Macklin, she plays Nicole Hayes. She's a stripper, but she she's she's the only one who kind of has a little bit of character to her. And I'm not saying that just because she's a woman and she's beautiful. Because Kim Atchell is a great person too, and her character sucks. And Dylan McDermott's a handsome guy, and his character is actually the second character. So, uh, but anyway, anyway, you know these characters can do they can do better. I think it's a fine show. I I don't I, I see myself watching it for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and then Janelle Monae's album came out. I've been listening to that. Actually, I listened to it once. I listened to it at the gym, and I liked it a lot, but I don't know why. I don't think it, this is, the issue is when I, when I, I, every Friday morning, I wake up, and I, the first thing I do, I, I swear to God, the first thing I do, I wake up, I turn off my alarm. It's 5.30 in the morning, I'm about to go to the gym. I wake up, and I go to Google Play Music, and I go to the new releases section, and I see what new albums have come out. Only albums. I try not to listen to singles, but, you know, a, a single will catch my eye all the time. I try to see what comes out, and then I download it. You know, not all of it, just the ones that interest me. You know, like Jason Aldean's album came out last week, <laughs> and of course I listened—not last week, the week before—and uh, and, and of course I listened to it. I mentioned on here, and it's a, I think it's a fine album. A lot of the songs sound samey, but getting warmed up, man, I keep going right back to that song, and you know, a few others, no, not much. Uh, and then, so then, uh, you know, you haven't listened—I haven't listened to Jim Monet like all the way through. I've listened to, like one or two of her songs. And, you know, you just go there, you see that she has 14 tracks, she's got a song with Pharrell. she worked on this album with Prince, so you just hop right into it. It's a, and it's a very good album, not good. Uh, yeah, it's a good album, I like it, I'd say it's good. My Cali Uchis' album, I listened to that a couple times. She always goes back, she's, she does, uh, she speaks Spanish, she's a great singer, uh, she has a really cool style about her. Just like Janelle, if you, if you can differentiate yourself, then you can be. What is Janelle Monet's album called? Because I should really mention it. I feel as if mentioning the album will help. Okay, Janelle's album is called Dirty Computer. She has a single out called Make Me Feel. If I drop this marker one more time, I'm just going to be very embarrassed that I keep dropping it. Alright, so Dirty Computer is what the album is called. Let's see. Uh, Janelle's got a really great style about her. She reminds, she does her, she reminds me a lot of uh, Andre 3000. Boy, do I miss that guy. That guy's not going to come back and rap. I, don't th- I think he's done. I don't think he'll ever, I, I mean, I'm not going to say ever, but I don't, I don't think he'll, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll come out with any new music. I think there's that interview he had with GQ, I believe, a very lengthy interview where he said that he can't, he wouldn't be able to keep up with today's, I'm butchering it, he wouldn't be able to keep up with today's, um, whatchamacallits, rappers. <laughs> you know the whatchamacallits. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's called Dirty Computer, <laughs> and it came out. <laughs> she's got, you know, she's got the singles, Make Me Feel, Django Chang, and Pink. Uh, and I like that. I think I did. That's all the pink music video. I've been watching a lot of music videos. I, when I was younger, interestingly, 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 
interestingly enough, I never, I'm a huge fan of music now, but when I was like middle school, when I, up until high school, you no, know, when T.I.'s King came out, I believe it was T.I.'s King. Speaking of T.I., he had a song with Kanye this week, and Kanye, oh boy, uh, I wasn't a fan of music at all. And then I think my first two albums were uh, <laughs> T.I.'s King, uh, let me look this up, I'm going to say T.I.'s King, T.I., he's a rapper, and uh, Kanye West's, uh, what is it called, um, uh, Late Registration, no, The College Dropout, that's what it was, College Dropout was the first thing I listened to of Kanye West, because my aunt had it uh, on CD, and she gave it to my sister, and I said, I just took it myself, <laughs> and uh, I listened to it, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing, how come I haven't listened to it, yeah, King was my first one, that was, I think I was in seventh grade, had to be, yep, I was in seventh grade, wow, that's a good album, what you know, why you wanna, live in the sky, top back, oof, God, that's it. I want to download that album and listen to it at the gym tomorrow. For tomorrow for Leg Day. Oh, my God. Leg Day Part 1. Oh, my God. That is such a good album. Japan bonus track. What in the world? Anyway, so listen to that. And then Late Registration, which also came out. I believe Late Registration is 2006. Let's see. Late Registration was. No, I did not listen to Late Registration. It couldn't have been that. It was a college dropout. Did I establish that it was a college dropout? <laughs> I need to pay attention to what I say. It was a college dropout. It's a college dropout and King. So, I was, so King was obviously the newest one, and I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to both of these. And I thought, and I thought they were great. And, so then, and then for a very long time, until, like, college, I did not like music videos, because I thought, why would I watch it when I can imagine it? <laughs> I didn't have a reasoning for this. I did not, <laughs> I did not have a reasoning for me uh, doing this. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's crazy. I'm typing something. I don't know. And it's so loud. <laughs> anyway, I have a reasoning for me saying, I, I don't want to watch a music video. I, got, I can't. I can't watch a music video. I can't watch this music video because it is going to <laughs> ruin my perception of the song. You know, cut to the day when I, I watch any music video. Right. I just watched a certified music video again. <laughs> I watched uh, yesterday a whole bunch of YouTube music videos. I like YouTube. YouTube's great. I, hopefully I can see them when I'm in California next week. Speaking of, I'm going to California next week for a visit to <laughs> hopefully move to. Uh, I'm going to the north side of California, Silicon Valley, San Jose, visiting a friend. Might live with him. Actually, that, he will, that will definitely be the plan. <laughs> There's no might. That the plan. Uh, he informed me that he lives next to the airport, which is great. I'll just catch, I, don't, which, <laughs> I don't have to go very far. Uh, well, I'll just catch a ride over to his place. Catch a ride with an Uber guy. <laughs> and, uh, and he lives right next to a casino, which is also cool. <laughs> So I'll get some of the gamble, of course. Uh, and uh, you know, there's shops and stuff over there, so that'll be great. And I'm gonna look, we're going to look for apartments and stuff. He's, he'll be working during the day. So. But anyway, there, on uh, the two, I'm getting there on Monday. The Tuesday following that, I will hopefully be seeing you two at the SAP. That's the SAP Center. And then Taylor Swift will be there that very same week on uh, Saturday night. So hopefully I will see both of them. Uh, of course, I got my tickets too late. Well, I will be getting my tickets too late uh, based on when I get paid. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and uh, and the, the seats will be in the rafters. But hopefully I can charm my way down at least to the midsection. I gotta get that sweet Instagram post, you know? I want people to know where I am. To know that I am alive and I'm having fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's why we post. That's why we use social media, right? Like, why else? I mean, other than fear of missing out, why else would we be posting all the time? On, you know, Instagram or Snapchat. The, the people constantly post on Snapchat. I can't use Snapchat anymore because it is so horribly optimized on Android. Also, I have a very old Android phone, Nexus 6P. It's about three years old. I want to get a Pixel 2 XL. I was hoping to get that tomorrow, but uh, had to pay for a boot to get taken off. Hopefully, I can get it this week before I go on a trip. Also, I need a new phone for work, so regardless. 
Uh, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, we just post on Instagram and Snapchat. I have so many people that post on both of those, just day in day out on stories, on just regular posts, Facebook, Twitter. What are you doing? Why? Why are we doing this? Like why? Or or but better yet, why do I even post on YouTube and uh, make the stupid podcast and let's listen? I mean, I'm doing it because hopefully this is the portfolio. And then somebody will say, I want to buy this. I want to buy Simple's Comedy. And they buy it from me. The end. And then we make it a big thing in the end. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I think that's all I got for you. This is a short episode. Thank God. I can finally get back to not watching Supergirl. Uh, is, you think that's the original intent of Andrew Kreisberg and the rest of those guys? I'm sorry, Greg Berlanti. Andrew Kreisberg is a trash monster. Is he the one that was uh, sexual harassment? Speaking of sexual harassment, the Weinstein Company is in deep doo-doo. Andrew Kreisberg. Is he the one? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, God. Look at his stupid face. He look, I think I've written this in a news time before. He looks mid-fart. Ugh. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I got. Oh, The Simpsons also made it to uh, 636 episodes. Uh, last this, the that's been making the longest-running show in primetime, which is great. It's a, it's a fantastic show. Uh, that being said, uh, <laughs> the episode <laughs> they were in, the, in which they addressed the Apu thing was uh, not good. It was bad. It was a bad episode. And, well, that segment was bad. There's, there's some stuff I could salvage from that to make it good. And then that's how I do things. I just salvage and try to make it good. Try to make good out of it. This, because there was a... Oh, let me continue on this. <laughs> let me continue on this. Not, not the rant, this. Uh, but the episode from last night uh, where Grandpa Simpson has our attack and he tells Homer the worst thing that he'd ever done and, and then we find out what it is and Homer can't forgive him and stuff like that. That was all right. It was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't an episode that would have... Is, is going to stand the test of time. You know, with them referencing it being the longest-running series. In that episode and in the episode prior to that. Which was about something. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, that's true. I watch a lot of Simpsons. I watch old and new. I watch a lot of Simpsons. But anyway, let me, let me talk about this real quick. Uh, last week, I was listening to the podcast Who Charted. And uh, guest co-host uh, Natasha Leggero was on with her husband, uh, Moshe Kasher. And she said something that really, really stuck with me, and which is the reason why I haven't reviewed anything in a very long time. She said that, uh, I think it was her or it was Moshe, uh, one of them said that critics just look for something to hate in a project. And it's so true. If you, you know, uh, barring anybody, you know, from the New York Times, or, you know, I mean, it's, it can go as high as the New York Times, it can go as high as the Atlantic, it can be as low, common denominator, as a, a, a game, GameSpot or IGN. I don't, I, you can't equate IGN to New York Times. It can be as low as, uh, <laughs> it can be as low as IGN. It can be as middle tier as AV Club. It can be as high as the New York Times. It can be any one of these things. Or, the, or it can be as mid tier as the Guardian. I, I said it. Give me a job, Guardian. I'll change you around. Give me a job, anybody. I'll change you around. I'll make you better. I'll keep adding to it. There are a lot of critics who just come out to look, to hate for anything. Like listening to uh, the, what is that show called? Uh, which, it's Giant Bomb, Giant Bombcast, their, their podcast, their 18-hour podcast. Those guys are so old and curmudgeonly and just, you know, middle-aged white dudes talking about how much they hate every every single video game that comes out. <laughs> they just always find something to hate about it. I mean, and it's, and it's always good to find, you know, to cancel out the good with the bad and, and to find out why you don't like something or why you do like something. But, man, oh, man, uh, IGN, those people, a lot of people over there just love Star Wars, and that's their livelihoods. But... You know, when I remember one guy, I know, I know, I remember exactly remember this episode. I remember exactly who said it. But I'm going to be as vague as possible because I think he's still a nice guy. He said, the Batman Arkham Knight had just come out and he was trashing it essentially for having a $40 DLC package that you don't have to buy that did not do anything more for the game except for add, you know, uh, crappy short missions and stuff. Uh, I, I will, that being said, I will buy it <laughs> if it goes on sale. That being said, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> 
um, uh, but he mentioned he said it was it was dumb and stupid and and it didn't make the game better. I'm not I'm not really saying the words right, but. He basically trashed the game because it had this $40 DLC thing that you didn't have to buy. So the DLC didn't have to buy. And then he comes, and then weeks later, maybe like a week or two, I think two weeks later, this really changed my perspective of him. He said, uh, these, I think Star Wars Battlefront, the new one had, it was coming out, the, um, the one that, not the, not the one that just came out, but the one before that. On Xbox One, PS4, and PC, and he was so he was saying so happy he pre-ordered like the the big hundred dollar edition or whatever, and he's gonna buy all the DLC. And he said, "Call me a hypocrite." So what? <laughs> you can't do that. You're you are a critic. You can't say anything like that. You can't. You gotta take the good and the bad. You gotta you gotta be able to uh, look past whatever you love. You love, and you gotta be able to to crap right on it. That's why I crap on The Simpsons all the time because I love it so much. That's why I I'm harp on Nintendo. Guys, let me back up my saves. You know, I spent a very, I, I played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for 40 hours. No, 50. Oh my god. When's the last time I did that for a video game? Jesus. I, I played uh, Super Mario Odyssey for about 20 hours. Let me back up my saves. Nintendo, Simpsons. Kill Apu. Don't even recast him, just kill him. And get some black people and Asian people and Hispanic people in the writer's room. Get some people of color in there. Get some women in there. Man. Gosh, I like Matt Selman, but Jimmy Christmas. Anyway, I mean, that's, uh, I laugh, but I'm dead serious. All right. So, anyway, so that's the episode. That's uh, the, uh, the podcast. If you like this, why don't you head on over to sequelscomedy.com. We've got the latest news, reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits that only I can provide you with. And then you can follow us on Twitter at sequelscomedy. Follow me on Twitter at chatblackwhite. Like us on Facebook. Go to the webpage, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy to watch the premiere show for this stupid website called News Time. It's a great show. I love, it. I love doing it so much, even though week after week it does get a lot harder to do it. And this episode I've been planning, I actually planned out this episode f- uh, about a year ago when I knew that, no, 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 yeah, 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 a little under a year ago, it was over the summer, when I knew that Avengers Infinity War was coming out. <laughs> it sounds like it's about Avengers Infinity War, it's not, which is a movie I'm, I'm definitely not going to see. I'm tired of seeing movies uh, with superheroes in theaters, I'm tired of seeing movies with superheroes, period. And that includes DC, Marvel, I don't give a crap who. I'm done with it, I'm sick of it, I don't care, I know what happens. I don't care. I know exactly what happens. I do not care. All right. <laughs> okay. So I think I'm the only person in the world who doesn't care about this crap anymore. It's the highest gross movie of all time. That's what they'll say again about Ant-Man and Wasp, and then Avengers 4, and then Black Panther 2, and then all the other movies with superheroes in it. Anyway, so this episode is about uh, comic strip movies. Movies that are <laughs> so stupid. Every time I say it, it's so stupid. Uh, comic strip movies, like movies like Garfield <laughs> and... <laughs> The Addams Family, Blondie, uh, Blondie wasn't a movie, it was a, it was a bunch of serials, it was about 28 serials, uh, the original podcast, and then, uh, <laughs> that's a very, uh, random inside joke for podcasting, for podcasting, um, and I just dropped the marker again, and then, uh, you know, just Dennis the Menace, and, yeah, crap, what is the other one? Those other, the, the other comic strip movies, Marmaduke, I forgot to mention Marmaduke, he was, this, that was the one that spurred it. That was the one that spurred it because I saw Mama Dick was playing on TV and I said, I got to do this episode about comic strips and it has to tie into Infinity War. So anyway, Infinity War came out and I instead of doing a comic book movie episode, I was going to do a comic strip movie episode. Uh, anyway, the beginning and the end, the cold open and the end tag of the episode is actually animated and it took me about, I, I watched this movie how to animate in, uh, with a premiere, with, um, I'm sorry, an Adobe program called Character Animator. Uh, which is their their new flat their new version of Flash, but I learned how to do that, and it was so difficult. I've been watching that video for weeks. I've been watching the same video for weeks, trying to understand how to do it. And I said, "Oh, finally going to do it." I mapped it. You can map your face to it. It can speak when you speak. You can uh, record your audio over it, and the lips will move. And it's so cool. And the lips will move realistically. It's so cool. It uses your webcam and everything. 
Oh my gosh, it's so great. Oh God, it's so cool. I, I wish I could spend more time. I wish I could have spent more time with it for this episode, but I, I just had to, you know, just working and stuff like that. So, but anyway, I did it. And, uh, and, the, and so, I mean, a very rudimentary version of the cold open and the end tags uh, are animated, but it's fine enough. I think I, I think I like it a lot. Anyway, uh, go watch that episode. It's a list episode, and I hate doing list episodes. So, and so I mean, and again, I'm going to California next week, and uh, I have to pre-record an episode of the Constitutionals. I got to pre-record. I will be back on a Monday, so I have to pre-record two episodes of News Time, uh, which means I have to pre-write two episodes of News Time. Given how I wrote last week's episode, this week's episode of News Time on a Friday and shot it on a Saturday morning, <laughs> a Friday night, and I shot it on a Saturday morning. No, I shot it on a Saturday night. I wrote it on a Friday night, then I had time to shoot it, and then I shot it after work at like 11 o'clock at night. While I was trying to bake some cookies. <laughs> oh my god. And then I threw it together on Sunday night. Before, no, during Westworld. So I missed a little bit of Westworld. I was watching. It was in the background. It was playing loudly. So I understood what was going on. But anyway. Yeah, so give it a watch. And uh, hopefully I can get <laughs> the next two weeks episodes down pat. But they're already, I, I, already, I have a general idea of what I'm going to do. Anyway, thanks for listening. I- Emma? Hey, Chad. How you doing? Doing well. What about you? Hey, Chad. How's it going? Doing well. I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Uh, well, uh, how was your first show yesterday, actually? It was great. I mean, the show is not... Is Catherine still on the line, too? I don't think so. Is Catherine still on the line? Oh, okay. I didn't know how it was. Yeah, I am. Sorry. It was great. Oh, hey, Catherine. Oh, cool. I didn't know, if, I didn't know if, how it was. I didn't know if it was you guys. Or I'm just Chad. around. Um, but whatever. Oh, yeah, please. I mean, whatever works. Um, the show was good. It's all pre-recorded, so we had actually recorded the episode maybe three weeks ago, and then it was just in editing. So yesterday was the first time I got to hear it, but we had it wasn't a live show, if that makes sense. No, it does, definitely. So you guys you guys pre-recorded it, and then uh, how long was it? Like you just, you just uh, tackled whatever you could and then put it into like an hour, two-hour show and then send it out to the ether? Well, this was what was great. So the guy who's producing the show is also in programming. So originally the show was supposed to just be an hour. We were going to do an hour right after the Bennington show. Mm -hmm. And then we did the interview with Paul and we were trying to get, you know, just the story behind him and his album and everything that was going on with the album release and get to, you know, a little bit of his backstory. And I thought we would actually cut that interview down to 20 minutes, but they ended up having a full 40 minutes. So we did that, plus we featured two albums that are not in rotation on Raw Dog without interviews. So in total, I think the show was about an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes. So they were flexible with us about the time. So you're so what the gist of this uh, this show is to give new comedians a chance to show what they're made of with like clips from their albums and via these interviews. Uh, so what's the uh, uh, so exactly? Is that, so that's the overall and it goal. Also, they don't have to be new comedians. Okay. They don't have to be new comedians. They just need to be new to Raw Dog. So it's any comedians that have not previously been featured on Raw Dog. Yes, being honest. So so you're actually taking a lot of submissions, uh, I guess. Oh my God! So many submissions. We, it's going to be a mix of getting submissions from people that are like, you know, people that have just started. So these are like, but what? So two of the clips that we're going to be playing on the next episode are from people that you know, I've maybe been doing comedy a couple years, and they just sent in great. 
clips, so they don't have albums yet. We're going to have a highlight section where it'll be comedians who don't have albums out, but they still just have some really good jokes they feel strongly about, and then we'll be able to feature those towards the end. But the premise of it is, you know, are you familiar with check spots at comedy clubs at all? Uh, no, I am not. Is that in New York? It, so it really is a New York thing. Um, uh, sorry, I was just um, they, In New York, how they do it is they'll have a new comedian go up and perform while everyone's paying their checks. And it's kind of a way for a new comic to get into the club. I used to do them. Honestly, they're brutal. But we wanted to find a way to, like, reclaim that. So this is, like, the raw dog equivalent of a check spot. Obviously, it's much more cushy than an actual check spot because it's, like, you're just getting your album featured. Or, in some cases, like, clips from your set that do not have, have not been, you know, on an album yet. How long are the uh, the check spots uh, if, a, if a comedian's going up there while someone's trying to pay their check? Oh, my, listen, it can be anything. Like... You can have a check spot that's like five or ten minutes, say it's a small crowd. I personally did a check spot once at Broadway Comedy Club where the check, the credit card machine broke. Of course, there was like no way to communicate that to me while I was on stage. I think it was like 12 o'clock on a Friday, and this is my first year in New York. I think I was on stage for like half an hour, maybe 40 minutes. I probably had five minutes of material at the time, so... I was just up there trying to do crowd work. Like, who ate what? Like, what's going on? You know, what's up? What, you guys eat a lot of those? Okay. How much was your check? So it can, when you're actually doing a check spot at a club, it's so tough because you have no idea. But probably, ideally, it's like a 10-minute spot. On our show, we're going to just feature, it'll probably actually be about the same. We'll pe- feature anywhere from like two to four tracks, and then whoever we interview will feature a couple more, you know, cuts from them. So it sounds like you uh, really got your metal tested when you were first like getting started in the biggest you know possible way. Absolutely. I mean, I started doing comedy in Boston, and they don't have check spots in Boston. Usually, someone you know the checks will just get dropped, and whoever's on stage will absorb them. But in New York, it's like a whole thing. Like it's like that's when they kind of throw up. That's when they'll throw up a new person. Which is good if you're not doing that spot. But then when I started leaving New York and doing clubs where they would drop checks on me, I almost was unused to it because I was now used to not having to do the check spot. So you have to learn a different muscle because you have to figure out a way to like keep the audience engaged while they're doing their checks. And I mean, me personally, I'm dyslexic. I'm bad at math. So when I try to do a check, everything is like phased out. So it's definitely an uphill battle usually. Now, I watched the promo for the uh, Czech show, and you said that your inspirations were Betsy Ross, uh, Wanda Sykes, Margaret Trow, oh and Corinne Steffens. Now, are you channeling them as you, uh, as, you, as you interview these new comedians, or are you uh, channeling somebody else, kind of like, I guess, Conan or uh, John Oliver or somebody of that caliber? That is a great question. So when I answered that, I... I always go to Margaret Cho and Wanda Sykes as, like, comedic women that I look up to. I don't usually – I'll usually think in terms of, like, what someone has done necessarily instead of, like, gender as something that I'll, like, latch on to because I'm pretty, like, in, you know, I'm 
a girl, but I'm very boyish. Like I'm like all over the gender math with stuff. So when I'm interviewing, usually I would like to think of it kind of like an edgy Ellen, actually. Very friendly and inviting, but maybe a little bit darker, too. But when I said Betsy Ross or Kareem Stephens, I was just thinking of women that I think are great, not necessarily ones that I personally try to emulate. Even though, I mean, I'm down to try to learn how to stitch the flag. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I would happily stitch the American flag. <laughs> uh, how, is, how is hosting... Uh, but I'm not trying to like play with a bunch of rappers. Understandable. Uh, how is hosting a, a radio show on Sirius versus hosting something like your podcast uh, or, or hosting like the Sensible Show? Well, so for hosting, when I did the podcast with Dear Kate, that was actually done in like an extremely professional way. So I really treated that as though it was like a big production radio show. So that was a pretty easy transition, but it's very different from hosting a live show because, I mean, one, you can go back and edit it, but what's easier is you can like go in and edit things, but it's harder because when I'm not doing the interview, it's just me in there by myself. So I don't have an energy. The producer's there, but, it, you know, I have to figure out a way to keep the energy up as though I'm at a live show without any people in the room. So that was definitely an adjustment for me. Also, I'm so used to hosting live shows, I would say things like, up next, we're going to see this person, but it's radio. So I had to adjust that. And now we're going to hear little adjustments like that. So are you, how many do you but have? They're in the- very open. Okay. Sirius is very open. I don't have to censor myself. You can really say anything that you want. If anything, it's it's even more open than when I'm hosting a po- the podcast for Dear Kate. That's like a sponsored podcast by an underwear company, so I have to make sure that things are, you know, in line with their mission statement. On the check spot, it's very much anything goes. Like, there's no... Besides needing to get licensing for some of the clips we play, we can pretty much say, you know, people can say whatever they want. It's not rated. Unrated. <laughs> so do you guys have, uh, how many do you have in the in the can? So, like, are you able to, like, hear yourself from the first episode compared to something you're doing now? And uh, you're, you're, I, I guess you're always changing all the time, I assume. Yes, definitely. Like I, I've only we've done the first episode. We're going to sh- record the interview for the second episode on March 11th, and that's going to be with Julia Rossi. Um, we're going to be doing her album. Uh, so I will be able. That'll be it'll be a good way to track stuff, and I think, yeah, it'll be a great way to like just like track hearing myself like grow as an interviewer, but. Um, as of now, we only have one. We only have one interview. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Now, are you going to try to uh, make this show as good as as good as possible? Of course, but then eventually, would you like to see it go to like a weekly format? Oh, man, like the more the better. The trick with this particular show, though, the reason we actually wanted to do it monthly is we really want to like vet. We have to find albums that are really good that are not already in rotation on Sirius. So that's it's actually a taller order than you you would think. So we're going to look for like albums that maybe have been out for a while from like road comedians that just never got put into the mix, and then also new comics. This is in terms of the albums, but we wanted to keep that portion of it monthly just because we want to make sure that we're like coming forward with like new really good product. But in terms of me, Emma, absolutely. I want to have my ultimate goal is to have a late night talk show. So I want to have like a late night 
you know, daily talk show. I don't know if this show will turn into that. This show kind of is most conducive to keeping it really good to being monthly, but if we start getting so much material that we need to showcase more stuff every month, then we would definitely consider making it weekly. That's good. I would love to see uh, more women in late night. Uh, just, just anything, anything different. Anything oh, yeah. A white guy. Totally. All Say right. that last part again. Uh, anything uh, other than a white guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> uh, okay, I think. Who's your favorite late night? Who's your favorite late night host now? That it has to be Conan, a hundred percent Conan. I love that guy. He got me love into comedy. Him. He got you what? He got me into comedy. Oh, really? That's great. That's yeah. huge. What about yours? He is my favorite. He well, he's my favorite now. But I also well, I love Jimmy Kimmel too. And I went to go see Jimmy Kimmel live years ago when I was in LA with my mom. And I remember parents. No, Nicole Richie was on talking about Harris Hilton. The whole time we were watching him, my mom almost got us kicked out. She was like, who is that? Why is she famous reality star? What does that mean? So people kept on having to come over and be like, so my mom almost got me kicked out of Jimmy Kimmel. That was my first experience with late night TV. Um, <laughs> she was not impressed with Nicole Richie. She's like, she's someone famous as daughter? What skill is that? I'm like, oh, Jesus. But I love Jimmy Kimmel and I love Conan. You got to take her to somebody she knows. She doesn't know any of them. I, I think they would maybe be diseased. <laughs> well, to each other. I gotta own, find I a way to get her. Find a way to get it in. Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, well, I think that is everything. Uh, uh, do you have anything Great. else you want to add? Yeah, people can submit. One thing. Um, the better. Like, the clearer the audio makes it a lot easier for us to, like, listen and go through stuff. And if they can, one tip I would give people when they're doing a submission tape, just start with material right away. If they're doing a lot of crowd work up top, that's great. Like, I totally get that. But in, now that I'm, like, on the other end of reviewing tapes, go in, good audio, go in, boom, do a joke, just joke, joke, joke. Perfect. I'll be sure to uh, to tag that uh, somewhere in your description uh, because I, I I know there's comedians yeah, out there absolutely. who have these albums that are just not getting uh, the plays that they need or or want really. Totally. Yeah, totally. Especially if it's like you know, I go to Boston to do comedy a lot, and I see these. There's one room other than Boston called Thick Doherty's, and they always have like really funny road guys that have just been like out grinding it out, you know, working the road and like you know, like B-level rooms kind of, and they usually have one or two albums that then they'll sell, but I don't know if these albums are even like on iTunes. Like, I don't know what they're doing for promo. Or maybe they're just selling them after a show. Like, so we're definitely interested in checking out albums like that. So it's geared towards comics that maybe are newer because they're just coming out with albums, but also if you've had an album out for a while, like, we'd love to hear that too. Awesome. Thank you, Emma, so much for sitting down with me and talking Thank to me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I will.